Hello, welcome to Alternate Take Reviews. It's a podcast run by our film page Alternate Take. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram. On Facebook, we are at www.facebook.com slash alternate take one to three. On Instagram, you can find us by searching underscore alternate take underscore. This review is available in written format on our Medium page www.medium.com slash alternate take. So let's get started with today's review. Mank Review A searing glance at a Shakespearean hero in Hollywood. Mank is a lot of things, but at its core is a character study of a man who felt out of place and voiceless, even as he worked on not only the best work of his life, but one of the most celebrated films of Hollywood. And yet, the film is little about Susan Cain, and even lesser about Orson Welles, the man who controversially shared the screenplay credits of the film with Herman J. Mankiewicz, for which they won an Academy Award. Fincher is not making a documentary here, he's making a biopic, and there's a visible lack of authenticity in the name of creative freedom. But what makes Mank special is its will and eventual success to get the essence of Mankiewicz and the era he belonged to in right. In doing that, the film gives us an obsessive, irrational protagonist who fights for his part of the land in Hollywood, eventually acutely aware that he has written his best work in Citizen Kane and the slow, dead, dreadful realization that, like Dr. Foster's, the price of his brilliance is locked in the disappeared presence of his brilliance on the credits of the film. Written by J. Jack Fincher, the film documents incidents from Mankiewicz's life from late 20s to late 30s while setting the present of the film in 1940. Fincher's screenplay explores the inspirations behind different characters in Citizen Kane, while also looking at the growing isolation Mankiewicz felt through those years, isolated politically, socially, and ideologically from the corrupt names who run the business. Fincher doesn't depict the protagonist as a particularly likable man. Instead, he looks at him pitifully, a man who is at once arrogant, vulnerable, and in a grave misinformation of how the world works. He's passionate, but he's not very good at giving structure to his passion and prose, which becomes his greatest demerit, and also the very thing that makes Citizen Kane the towering film it went on to become. In one of the best scenes of the film, Mang shares the idea of his new story to the big shots of Hollywood. Drunk, he speaks, rambles, almost making bits of the plot points on the spot, in a state of such inebriation that at one point he goes and tries to light his cigarette from a thundering fireplace. His listeners don't take him seriously, but as viewers we see that this is the first sign of the film that Citizen Kane was. As he nears the end of his narration, Mankiewicz vomits all the food and alcohol he consumes. It is a picture of disdain, disgust and yet a moment when Mankiewicz has come up with something extraordinary. Another scene quite late in the film involving an argument between Mankiewicz and Wells touches upon the controversy of writing credits of Citizen Kane. Having lost himself to alcohol and an unflinching nature that often displays the big names, Mankiewicz's biggest struggle is to be credited for the work he did.
It is here that Gary Oldman's performance comes full circle. He plays Mankiewicz as someone who has never cared about success the way many around him do, and yet at his heart he is an artist who realizes he has written something special, something extraordinary. It is then that he demands for credit. He wants to own this piece of work. He has not wanted to own anything else in the past, and yet the best he gets is a sharing credit. One that after having seen him struggle with alcohol neglect. and even his own arrogance feels compromised mank follows a desolate alcoholic mankwich as he is given a stern time li- time limit by wells to complete the screenplay of citizen kane but the film captures a lot more than that it encapsulates the essence of hollywood in 1930s and 40s much like tarantino's directorial once over time in hollywood captured the 60s last year like that film The pace of Mank is languid, almost reflective. David Fincher looks at the real-life figures of Hollywood with a toughened gaze. This is not a nostalgic piece. Neither is this an emotional ode to the script Fincher's father wrote before he passed away in 2003. Instead, Fincher simply looks at his characters as chaotic, unreliable preamble to the mad genius of Mankiewicz, which is the only way you can explain the cross-genre brilliance of Citizen Kane. and mank david fincher gives a fitting tribute to the man and his need to own his one true masterpiece in a selfless act that might even disappoint devout fincher fans fincher almost cloaks himself here letting his father's script and old man's interpretation of the mercurial mank take over his regular style of filmmaking turning this film into a film that almost belongs to the era it is set in a very good positive way and yet it is fincher's ability to revel in the gray that makes us greater than a companion piece to the brilliance of citizen kane and a nostalgic sanitized gaze at what hollywood was just after the great depression it is nowhere in the middle of these two extremes it is a film that tries to disrespect the gray and the unlikable while at attempting to recognize and celebrate a man who is rarely remembered after under the shadow of the fittingly celebrated Orson Welles it is a tough rope to walk on and fincher does it with flamboyance making mank a memorable film and one of fincher's most accomplished cinematic version you can see mank on netflix